All right, you guys. It was a traumatic day for a member of the Jim Lanahan and Friends podcast family. Yeah. Um, Billy the Rescue Pup got into a severe altercation today at the park. What? This oh, is the first in time front of the house, in front of the cafe. Oh, God. Stephanie? Yes? Why don't you walk us through it in 30 seconds or less? <laughs> I was walking the dog in front of the cafe. There was a dog he always sees there. I was like, hey, how are you? She was like, how old is left. he? You know what the fuck, Scott? You fucking mess up my fucking segment. You know what? Time. You the irony of Scott telling anybody else to keep it short is so splendid. It's so funny. Seriously. Uh, I'm going to reclaim my time. I'm going to reclaim my time. I'm going to Maxine Waters, and I'm going to assign 20 additional seconds to Stephanie. Go ahead. Fuck you, Scott. So I was um, walking by and like just being friendly and something just didn't click and the dogs uh, took a little nibble out of Billy's ear. I, of course, was screaming, my baby, my baby, and hugging the dog. Took him to his vet who was like, we don't have the capacity to give him surgery. He's back home. I, I found another, um, sorry, I found another vet, took him there. He's back home, got a cone on, got some meds, but it was heartbreaking for me. Okay, so all that happened today, and you were panicked about it for most of the day, but Billy's okay. That's yeah. what we know. Okay, so with the context that Billy's okay, I have a few things to say. Um, number one, I, I did a first today. For the first time ever, I, I, I called the ASPCA on your ass, Stephanie. I said, <laughs> Stephanie is taking Billy to an underground dog fighting ring in Echo Park. And he got hurt. And then I got a call. It was from an unlisted number. And it was Michael Vick. Is it okay to give Michael Vick your phone number, Stephanie? I hate you too. <laughs> Listen, I'm sorry, but I have to say, you got so dramatic today. And I, in the back of my head, was like, he's gonna be fine. One day he's gonna like, let me tell you a story. My mother called me one day. She said, you know your beloved Jasmine? And by the way, Christine, back me up. Was I obsessed with that dog, yes or no? Yes. Okay. I, I said, yes, I'm aware of who Jasmine is, mom. Thanks for checking. She said, Jasmine has a hole in her diaphragm and her entire stomach has passed through the hole. She can't breathe and she can't keep food down. She's basically suffocating and starving. She has six to nine hours to live unless we give her a $3,000 surgery. I lost my shit, girl, but Billy's going to be A-okay. There is nothing to worry about. Yeah, no, I, my larger concern is if Scott's going to ruin segments today. Billy's fine. I'm he not going to ruin any segments today, I promise. You fucking interrupted me already. No, I didn't. I was just, he said yes, 30 seconds. Like, I was merely just... I hate it when my parents fight. I hate it when the parents fight. Oh, you know, I love I you. I've, been, I've had your back all day today. That's true. I will say this. Scott has been extraordinarily supportive all day long, like yeah. constantly texting. Sarah McLaughlin wanted me to wish you a calmer evening. She wrote a few notes for Billy. 
Here's how I grew up. When I was in a sophomore college, I got a phone call. I was talking to my parents. And, uh, my dad said, uh, okay, talk to you later. Oh, by the way, we put Ginger, our family, oh. our family, by the way, we put Ginger to sleep two days ago. Oh, my. And I said, what? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't think it would bother you too much, but, uh, you know, he's only been our dog for 18 years. Uh, I'm like, he's, I said, you mean Ginger's dead? You put her? Yeah, yeah, she's dead. Oh, don't worry. We're going to get her stuffed and put her in their living room. <laughs> so, um, Billy, so okay. there's a little perspective for you, Stephanie. Okay? Stephanie, are you going to get Billy stuffed? Are you going to get the little piece of his ear that got torn off stuffed and mounted? I put it in the trash. Um, he's eight months and every, and both of uh, both vets I took him to were like, he's so cute. He I'm is like, a cutie. Uh, yeah, he is. I'm well, like, as I told so you happy. earlier, he's less cute now that he has a chunk out of his ear and I'd be no, looking into plastic surgeons. You know, chicks dig scars. Good Lord. Oh, maybe he's a sexual Scott. Not everything's about your <laughs> cisgendered straight male <laughs> taupe. You know, Jim does have a history of being insensitive about animals. Uh, when, uh, that's not true. That's not no. true. This story is a lie. I know it's story is not a lie. My my pet parakeet, which was my first pet, Lies. named Ricky, who I named after Ricky Schroeder. In case you want to. Oh, Ricky! I thought you said uh, Wiki. No, Ricky. Like, uh, Ricky. He. Okay. I had him for I don't even know how long. It was like ten or twelve years, and he died on my birthday. Oh my and gosh! Jim's response to it was chirp chirp. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Chirp, chirp. That's not entirely really? not my first response. My first response was, I'm so sorry. But it was the same you. day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. I know. Ricky and I, Ricky and I used to date. It was tender still for me, you know? Chirp, chirp. Jesus Christ. All right. No, they Listen, said the hair will the, cover it. This is the saddest huddle we've had thus far. So, Stephanie, try not to ruin future Billy. huddles. Stephanie, try not to ruin future huddles. I'll, I'll, well, I'll let you make it up during the snack, the yummy, yummy. <laughs> and let's start our show. Truth be told, I always wanted to host The View, but I don't exactly meet the lady requirement. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to get my friends together and we're going to start a podcast. Hello. I am Jim Lanahan, and these are my friends. Ready? Let's go. All right, all right, everybody. Welcome to another Jim Lanahan and friends. Let's go around the room really quickly to say hello to everybody. Christine Sinecore, hello. Dr. John Paul Higgins, hello. Hello there. How are you, darling? Oh, I'm doing great. You know, I'm living the COVID dream. Scott Sheldon. Hello. Hiya. And producer Stephanie Laffin from our live remote studio in a far away nook of Los Angeles. 
Stephanie. Hi, Stephanie. Hello. And I want to say today we have Jim Lanahan and friend with benefits, Anne and Emily. Hey, girls. Thanks for joining us today. <laughs> Okay, so listen, we have guests and we're running a little behind. So I want to jump right into the nosh. I'm so starving. I, I can't. Oh, God, I haven't eaten I all can't day. Wait. Yeah, you got that yummy, 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 yummy. I can't go to Taco Bell. I'm on an all carb diet. God, Karen, you are so stupid. All right, Stephanie, why don't you take us through what we are snacking on today? Well, unfortunately, you're snacking on air because I went, I was not feeling well for the last couple of days. So I went to get a COVID test yesterday because I didn't want to expose anybody. My results did come back later this afternoon and I am negative, but I didn't Yay. want to expose anybody. Yay, so, yeah. I'm glad you're negative. COVID for food, everybody. Yay. So next week you'll be getting this a COVID whole big is delicious. I can't go to Taco Bell. I'm on an all carb diet. God, Karen, you are so stupid. Do you guys remember last week when Scott ruined the podcast? Like seven That's times? me this time. Uh, the podcast? Scott ruined the podcast? Do you remember Holy. who was the most vocal about it? Yes. Who gave Scott, go, you know, why don't you just, of all I the people, you. why don't you go ahead, Scott, and say, who gave you the hardest time last week? You know, Jimmy, I'm not one to point fingers. I don't, of course. Uh, I don't, uh, that's mm -hmm. not how I work. But, but uh, if you if, had to. If I had to, if it, if it was imperative, I, I would have to say mm -hmm. that Stephanie laughing was all over my ass last week. Oh my week, God, was your week. ego bruised? I'm so sorry. I don't have ego. I'm egoless. I chant every morning. There's no ego here. And oh. then... <laughs> In the time of the greatest <laughs> pandemic that this country, this world, yeah. will have in a hundred years, she pulls the COVID card. Yeah. You left a fat boy sitting here with no snack because of COVID. <laughs> I suggest you, Postmates. <laughs> Still don't have my reparations for Wendy's. I just want to share that. <laughs> just want to throw that out that everyone on this podcast has laughed and talked and keyed about eating Wendy's. And I am sitting over here hungrier than a Kardashian for fame. But okay. Jonathan, <laughs> I, make, John, I make you money on a daily basis. You, you can't really get do. in there. I, you, you really I'm do. like, yeah. So, yeah. Dr. John, I have, not, it, I have not contributed. It one thing towards your uh, well-being lately except I, to say that you're fantastic and i know I'm, and I'm i glad love that you're losing you. weight. i really do i Aww. really love you from the depths of my soul but i am still hungry <laughs> <laughs> well i just want to thank you stephanie i think this air is delicious it is and, amazing um this totally is what it tasted like terrible. when i did weight watchers it's yeah. like nothing I'm it tastes like forest loving. fire. It's really nice. Oh, it's got a little smoky different. flavor to it. It's oh, delicious. Oh, yes. I haven't been able to get mine open. Hold on. Oh, that is good. At least your uh, fiance didn't eat it. Oh, um, yes. You know? oh. Mm. Okay. Uh, you guys, Brett is waiting uh, with Steven. So uh, I want to tell you quickly that 
Uh, before we bring on our guests, I wanted to take a quick second to give a very special thanks to our friends at Parody Bill. Parody, P-A-R-O-D-Y, Bill. They created our podcast cover art, and I am so appreciative. I love working with Craig Feldman and his team at Parody Bill. They're so kind. They're so supportive. I'm going to tell you a secret. He gave me the art. He gave me several versions of the art, sizing, everything. And I started using them and life got busy. And I realized this week, months and months later, that I never paid him. And I was like, oh my God, Craig, I'm so sorry. I didn't pay you. And he said, it's my contribution to the podcast. Go be successful. That's the type of people they are. So everybody, please, please go check out www.parodybill.com. And they have a store there. They have really funny, very witty Broadway-themed apparel. If you're a theater person, you're going to love that. Swag, magnets, cups, everything you can imagine is there. And uh, thank you again, Craig and everybody at Parodyville. And uh, I'm not sure if you all know this, but, I mean, I know you guys know this, but I don't know if all the listeners know this. My professional career included a ton of theater until this current job. And I still do theater, but I do other stuff. Um, I've been I've been very fortunate to work on some big mega hit Broadway shows like Les Mis and Phantom and <clears throat> Lion King and Blue Man Group. So I love when I get to work with people like Craig Feldman and his team at Parody Bill because those are my peeps, you know. And speaking of Broadway, we have the most fabulous guests today. They are doing amazing work in the Broadway community and beyond, and they are the Broadway husbands. The Broadway husbands are a wildly popular husband and husband team with a legion of followers who are living for their brands. They have the Broadway Husbands podcast, Broadway Life Apparel, Broadway Husbands blog, Broadway Husbands Instagram, a YouTube page. And aside from all of that, it's, that's not all, y'all. Between them, I think they have approximately 4 million Broadway shows and national tours <laughs> when they're not in Broadway shows. Brett is a life coach. I want to talk more about that because you know I'm a life coach as well. He specializes in working with performers. Steven was a principal dancer at New York City Ballet. That's amazing unto its own. He's a teacher and a trainer. They have a lot going on. And on top of it all, I watch them closely on the social media and I've known Brett a long time. They are quality human beings. They're just the loveliest, loveliest men. So please help me welcome Brett Shuford and Stephen Hanna. All right, so let's dig right in. I met Brett when he was in college. He was 18 years old, a freshman at Wagner College. You were this just three years ago? So, no, uh, yeah, oh. I know. I can't believe how old I am because I honestly think about I my can. age. And I can't. I, can't you're a, I went to college with Scott and he's being horrible to me right now. Um, <laughs> I don't feel my age at all. I don't know about you, but like, I don't feel like the first number in my age is a four. And I'm older than, than Brad, I know. So, Yeah, I don't know how it kind of snuck up on us. It, I feel... I feel, and the, and, and the investment in Botox helps a lot too, you know? <laughs> yes, thank you. All the Botox, because I don't have the benefit of hair. So I can't be covering right. up all this, you know? So yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a real problem. Okay, you guys, so um, I'm going to embarrass Brett and say this. I saw Brett 
in Sweeney Todd in college. He was the sweetest little pumpkin playing Antony that I had ever seen in my life in a sailor costume. And I think your hair was perhaps chemically treated extra blonde. It was so, so cute. And then uh, I think the last time I saw you though in real life was at a wedding on Staten Island. I believe that was it. Oh, was wedding, yes. Yeah. Yes, but the thing the thing I remember, Jim, well, I mean, there's a lot, because I don't know if everyone of your listener knows that your nickname is Big Gay Jim. Do, do people know this? Um, I, <laughs> no, I, because you want to know the truth. Only your, only the friends we keep in common call me that. So if someone calls me that, I know exactly where they're from in my life. Just like like my nickname in college was Brittany. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. So if I ever hear somebody say Brittany, it's like, we went to college together. Um, but the thing I remember, do you remember this? You like called me and were like, hey, I know this manager. He's looking for like a new boy band yes. like thing. And I met with this, I think his name was AJ. And like, <laughs> and sang for him. And then he was like going to be like, they were looking for like the next pop star. And I remember, I, I think I totally failed it. Like, I this think isn't totally a, uh, this isn't a Harvey Weinstein situation. We're, we're getting no. into bread. Is it? Okay. Okay. Good. No. no. Do you remember that? Because I was working in a Broadway production office and he, that guy was managing some other people that were in one of our shows. Um, and they wanted, it was footloose and you know, all the boys in that show were like boy banders. So, but none of them could sing. So they were like, if you know anybody that's like triple threat. And I was like, I know 18 of them. They all went to Wagner. Hello. So, but, but they, but I met with him and then they were like, we really want like an edgy, like, could he be a heroin addict person? I was like, not me. That's just not me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I try it once, but what the heck, you know? Wait, That's what is hilarious. the guy's name that managed NSYNC and um, back, oh, that, that guy, guy, that crazy guy? It, was, that was, it wasn't him. Lou Pearlman. There we go. I yeah. Been, yeah. And, you know, speaking of Footloose, though, uh, famously, Matt Morrison was in Footloose. He was in one of those boy bands. It was around that time. They were pulling all the Broadway guys into boy bands, you know? Wasn't their name like Excess Energy or something? It was something like <laughs> X-S-N-R-G. I think it was like something it like that. It was called <laughs> Element and it was L-M-N-T. Yeah. That's it. Oh, yeah. L-M-N-T. Wow. That's yeah, why she's are, the producer, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Matt Morrison is a as a friend of this podcast. Let's just say that. So that's hilarious. <laughs> I, love it. I love it. So funny. And then, so I saw you. Um, the story about the wedding, which is so funny, is that it was Hurricane. So Hurricane Sandy hit on a Tuesday. And we were like, there's no way we're going to this wedding on the Saturday on an island in the middle of the harbor in New York. Yet they had the wedding. It was so much fun. And then we couldn't get a cab back to the city. So I think 29 of us packed into a standard cab. And I remember vividly you were across us, like laying down. And a couple of people were across us. Crazy. Anyway. We have fun, Jim. We so have much fun, fun with Big Gay Jim. Another fun Brett story is, I don't know if you remember this, you were in Little Mermaid on Broadway, and I went to see it because uh, True or False co-hosts, I used to have aspirations to be Mrs. Norm Lewis. Used to or still? <laughs> so long story short, I'm at Little Mermaid, and... 
<laughs> no, I didn't know this was going to happen. Somebody played Prince Eric that day, and it was you. And I was like, oh, my God, I know Prince Eric. So I, everybody was outside. You were signing autographs. I could clearly tell you were signing autographs. You were making your way down the line, and you were like, listen, I just need to go home. Like, I'm exhausted. <laughs> and then, so you get, like, down there, and you didn't even look up, and I'm like, can I have your autograph? Like that, and that's how I saw you that day, and that was really sweet, because you were so kind to every little kid that wanted your autograph. So no. I love that. Um, and breaking news on Steven, I've never met Steven in real life. I I've never met him in real life, but I do have a story. I general managed and was the booking director for Andrew Lloyd Webber's Spectacular, no, Cameron McIntosh presents Andrew Lloyd Webber's Spectacular 25th Anniversary the new, of the Phantom the of the bigger, Opera. The there better. it is. Yeah. Yes. And you were on stage dancing your heart out in Providence, Rhode Island. And I just never, because I was at a tech table, I just never said hi to you. But we've been in the same room a few times. And I saw you 26 times in Hello, Dolly, because I was so obsessed with it. And then once I saw Donna do it, I couldn't stop going back just to see Donna. So anyway. Oh, yeah, that's so fun you saw 26 times well or three or three okay well, i was gonna say I'm like god how expensive was that <laughs> I, don't, I don't pay for broadway i don't know um and i saw betty do it three times as well like i've seen it all so oh wow i love it nice. i love it i missed bernadette but you know she I, I went back and saw her i left the show and then i went back and saw it and she was amazing she i bet was she was amazing. spectacular she yeah. was amazing she was, so she was very sexy she was like she was like doing this the whole time, like yeah. pounding her lips. And like, I was like, why is Dolly like so hot all of a sudden? Like what's happening? You know, she was sexy super cute. Dolly. And she could just really sing it like beautifully. It was, it was really good. I love it. Okay. So y'all have a lot going on. We have a lot to cover. One of the things I want to be sure to discuss. And so I'm going to talk about it first is the impact of COVID on the live entertainment industry. Um, and I always take a second to, to um, talk about what live entertainment entails, because it's Broadway, of course. But for people that don't love theater, it's also concerts, it's orchestra, it's dance, it's comedy clubs, it's theme parks, you guys. It's literally anytime you see somebody not on a screen, that's live entertainment. And in addition to the people who are performing for you, there's probably that many people backstage or almost as many making it all happen. Lighting, mm -hmm. sound, costumes, hair, managers, it goes on and on. So due to the large number of people that we have to have gather to watch a show so that we can pay our bills, the first industry to close when COVID hit was live entertainment. And it will probably be the very last one that will open back up. Um, and you know, I hear all kinds of rumors about Broadway. I hear April. I hear July, I hear September. So, I mean, a year from now is not an exaggeration when I say that. Um, I'm producing a show and it's outdoors. We're not even talking about indoors yet. So it's a crazy time in our industry. And I was hoping you two could talk about what was your life like at the end of February? Where were you geographically? What were you doing for work? And then what are you doing now? Like take us on the journey, cause it's been a journey. I've been watching it. How has COVID impacted you both in the past six and a half months? Well, I mean, this is Brett. So for me, I, I just joined the broadcast of Wicked in November and I was swinging and covering 
Dr. Dillamond and, and the wizard. So I'd never done the show. I maybe saw, I saw the original cast once. I took him to see it once. Like I was not, I'm not a wicked person. Like just, it was, I was a little too old when it came out to care. And so, um, I don't know the show. And so I had to learn nine tracks in like three months over the holidays and, and I was going on and, and then I swear to God, I think in January we both had COVID. I'm not even kidding. I think we had it because we were both down for the count for like a good, a good few days, um, each. Yeah. And, and the doctor said that I didn't have, and it took me, it took me a month like, to recover from that. And I was going on and taking medicines. So by the time February came, I was performing my like eighth track and was just in wicked. I was, everything was green. My whole life was green. And then we, and I was supporting him every day. Like you got this baby. Yeah, you got yeah. it. Go, you got it. You Cause got I'll tell you what, like <laughs> swinging a show at 24, which I've only ever swung once before is totally different than swinging a show at 41. Yeah, of course. Yeah. One time I swung, that was more than enough. That was, oh, that was tell like us about that, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> All right now. <laughs> My sister doesn't get it. Look, she's looking. <laughs> but wait, do you get paid for that too? Yeah. Well, it depends on where you, you are at the time. Yeah. <laughs> it is, little baby, that's watching. Close your ears. Yeah. Oh, geez. <laughs> um, so, so we, I was just in like total learning the show and I literally, um, end of February and I kept saying, once I learn all my tracks and I'm in the show, I'm going to start my business back up. I'm going to start coaching again. Cause I kind of put my coaching business on the back burner while I was learning the show. Wasn't taking any new clients or anything like that. And so we got to, really to March. And we had, I had contractually negotiated a week off to go celebrate his parents' 50th wedding anniversary in Florida. So we did three days in Orlando. We did like, we literally did universal, universal, all four parks in three days. And then we, we flew to Key West. Well, but, and it felt like the end of the world was imminent oh, at yeah. the moment. You know, we were like constantly washing our hands. We were getting like, out Splash Mountain you know, and like, was like, oh God. <laughs> so we were, you know, it was looming. It was all looming yeah. at the point, you know. And then we literally, our little puddle jumper lands in Key West and I get a text, Broadway's closing down. And I, like, I'm flying, I'm flying back on Sunday from Key West to New York with no job. So it was a bit of a whirlwind at that time. Jesus, um, I mean, if you're going to get stuck somewhere, Key West doesn't sound like a terrible place to be unemployed, though, you know? Yeah, no, <laughs> yes, but Key West is so expensive. Like, I know, it's like really out of days, control. And I was like, yeah. it's out of control here. We yeah. thought about trying to figure out a way to stay there, but we were, it was like, we, were, we, we don't have a job. Like, yeah, I don't know. Gotta, right. work out like, what's happening? And I think that um, something you don't know if you haven't lived in New York is that you can be on vacation knowing you don't have a job when you get back to New York. And that is so stressful because right. New York is the most expensive place in the world, right? So it's yeah. like, oh, yeah. I have to pay rent or a mortgage or, you know. Yeah. Um, and y'all are not in New York anymore, right? That's right. Um, so, you know, we get back to New York after Key West and, um, 
God, it's so crazy to think the gamut of emotions that have happened during this time. But like at the beginning, we were in New York City for 16 days, a little over two weeks. And like my anxiety was like, I mean, I could barely breathe. I felt like I could barely breathe. Our apartment is kind of small. Um, so we were just super stressed out. And after two weeks, I, um, we have a car. So I was like, why don't we just drive to Pittsburgh? I'm from Pittsburgh. My family lives in Pittsburgh. My brother is in the process of having, getting a divorce. And so the house that he and his wife lived in, he didn't really stay there anymore. And his wife is out of the picture anyway. So I knew we could stay there and like quarantine. I was like, why don't we just go there? So at least we'll have space and, right. we can, and like walk outside. Cause we were just so depressed was so depressed and crazy and New York was just scary at that time. We were like, just purposefully like, well, let's go make a TikTok in Tompkins Square Park <laughs> just so we get out of the apartment. It was like a reason to leave. Yeah, we would like, we would try and call, and, and you know, at the time we were like so freaked out about um, catching the disease or, or virus or passing it that we were like trying to come up with the choreography in the, in the apartment. And like, we gotta, we gotta do this quick. Cause we don't know who's going to be out there. And like, I was afraid, you know, we, like we were panicked. I mean, seriously, I was super panicked. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, can I, can I interrupt you quickly, Steven? Yeah. I have to tell you both. I was having a really rough day in the middle of August and I found you two dancing to fame in somewhere in New York. I could tell it was New York and it just put a smile on my face. And those, oh. Those dances that you two did, and especially because you're both so freaking gifted, it was just like, for me, being a theater lover, I was like this every time you did it. I would watch it like 10 times, and I would just think, okay, somebody I know is living their life in the time of COVID, finding a little joy, right? Like, sharing that joy with me, it was just kind of like a circle of life moment, and uh, I just love them so much, so I just wanted to Thanks. make sure to say I love the videos. We, we had a lot of fun doing them. And I'll just say quickly, uh, uh, like in that first, those first moments of it, when we would go outside, a lot of times we would put our um, phones on tripods in the street. And another fear factor, if you will, at the time, besides COVID was, um, you know, there are a lot of people outside that didn't have a place to go. And it felt like there was a lot of desperation on the street. So one of the videos we wanted to do is like a couple and then it ended up just being me because we were afraid to put there, the there phone some, on the tripod and leave it there because there, there were hoodlums. Like, wait, wait, like, like, there were hoodlums walking around. Yeah. I mean, it was, know. you know, so, wow. so we enjoyed it. So we were like, mm. so we, uh, you know, New York was stressful. We, so we made it to Pittsburgh. Like, we let's get, cut to, yeah. to where we are now. So but we now, were in Pittsburgh for three months yeah. while we're in Pittsburgh. We got this phone call from a friend of ours who's a real estate broker. It was like somebody, is interested in your apartment, would you be willing to sell it? And we were like, well, uh -huh, we're not there. Uh -huh, like, yeah. and <laughs> these people went and looked at it and cause we weren't there and they made us a cash offer. <laughs> wow. So it was like, wow. it was like a blessing because you know, where was your apartment you know, in New York? Where in New York? The East village. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. So we went back and we packed up the apartment and put everything in storage and in now, July. While we were in New York for a month packing, he got a call to come teach at a ballet school in Houston, which is where my family is. So we drove from Pitts from Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh to Houston wow. in August, like August, the middle of August. August and we've 17. been here for five weeks now. Yeah. So the universe really looked out for you guys, kind of. <laughs> it, this, like it definitely feels like a blessing. You just, yeah, you just kept getting. 
That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. That's things have been, yeah, things, it's interesting because everything, you know, like you were just saying, like, it feels like people, like the universe is taking care of us, but it all still feels very strange. Yeah. Like we were just driving down this road in Texas and I was like, what is happening with our lives? <laughs> this is so weird. What are we doing? What is happening? But everything is good, but nice. the feelings are real. You That's know? why we have it's to like, dance. Cause if we don't do it, we'll go crazy. Right? Yeah. Kind of like, burn off the energy. Yeah. yeah. You guys, at the end, I'm going to give you all the social handles. You must follow them and you must follow them individually and you must follow the Broadway Husbands account. But one of the things I love that's happening is a lot of working out and stretching on the balcony of their place in Texas. And I keep thinking, what are the Texas neighbors thinking of these <laughs> two gays that moved into the complex? You know, and like Broadway gays, no less. And you're just right. like out there shirtless, doing a routine, they're doing it's very funny to watch. So. We got to turn this state blue, you know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, have you uh, other gays in the complex? I was going to say, have ones. you have you gotten any pushback, or has there any has living in Texas has there been any kind of you know? Well, uh, Brett speaks Texas gay fluently, but okay. I don't. I'm <clears> assuming <throat> Stephen has a has a language barrier. <laughs> well, he's from Pittsburgh, so he's got yeah. that blue collar thing going. So you yeah. Know. yeah, yeah. But, but there's, there's but there are other gays in the complex that we met uh, one night by the pool. Yeah, I mean it's like a light. It's like a you, when like, there's oh a gay around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, I can tell. And they talk to us, and we're like, "Hey, hey, what's going on?" You know? So good. You think you'll just pick up and go back? Like, uh, I'm assuming your con like your wicked contract. I'm assuming they'll say, "Please come back and finish your contract." You know. Um, so how are you both feeling about going back to New York? Because a lot of people, I think the silver lining has been, oh, you know what? I don't want to go back to the schlep of New York, or I've discovered a new talent, or I've fallen in love with somebody not in New York. Or So where's your head in terms of that? I, I mean, it's, it's hard to plan anything. So I just am taking it one day at a time as far as as where we are i'm loving building my business as a coach and the stuff that I, the courses i'm teaching and the people i'm helping and i really have a vision of you know writing a book and speaking on stages and and that's something i really would like to continue to to help inspire and motivate people and um and help people build their own businesses and um you know things like that but I, I can do that and continue to perform because I love performing. And so if, and when wicked calls me, I, I plan on going back because it's I mean, a, I want to be there when in Broadway a Broadway comes back, like in a Broadway show, when Broadway comes back, I mean, how cool will that be that night to hear an audience and to say I was yeah. there, I think it's going to yeah. be so cool. Yeah. Opening night. Um, God, can you imagine? It's going to go It's going to be magic. Crazy. And I, yeah. and I don't want to miss that, you know? Um, but I don't think we're going to live in Manhattan again. I think we're going to find the suburbs, you know, just in case <laughs> there's ever a situation like this again, that we're not trapped in our small one bedroom apartment about to kill each other. Like we were teaching yeah. virtually like in our small one bedroom and I'm like moving furniture around to dance around our small living room. And he's like trapped in the bedroom coaching. It was oh like, gosh, but we also are thinking about coming to California yeah, and trying California out in the, in the like winter and cause we've never done that. And that's something that every 
actor has to try, I think. Mm-hmm. And I have a lot of friends there. So yeah. Yeah. I will say I love, love Los Angeles. I love it. I love it. Everyone's Christine, coming here. Christine's been here for 11 years now, 12 years. Well, yeah. She's an actor. Scott's an actor. Mm-hmm. John's not an actor, uh, yeah. but John's. I from moved California. here from New York in 2006, but I still have my place in New York too. So, oh. I, I just for some reason I keep going. Maybe I'll just go back there one day. <laughs> Maybe I'll just go back. <laughs> the thing about so. New York, the thing we keep saying about New York right now is that New York isn't New York. Yeah. That's what I've heard. You know, that's what I've heard. It's not the same. It's not. And to same. me, I don't want to live in a city that doesn't have theater. Like that's right. the whole reason I moved there was like, it just, my people aren't there if theater's not there. And the yeah. thing I love isn't there. So yeah. The way well I always somewhere. think about it is that New York is, uh, uh, this is a word that only New Yorkers know and people who know Yiddish know, but it's a schlep, right? So it is so, <laughs> hard to live in New York. It takes such an investment financially, emotionally, physically. If you're not there for a specific reason and something you love or somebody you love, get out, get out of New York. There's no reason to be there. Yeah. 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 Um, I want to talk about coaching, but really quickly, I just want to give a statistic for everybody that's listening. So I did the research today, 9.8 million people lost their jobs in the live entertainment sector. And when you think about the fact that 33 million people applied for unemployment after COVID started, that's roughly a third. A third of the people are from our industry. And um, also wanted to say that the sector live entertainment industry produces more money towards the gross domestic product. I sound really smart right now. Um, Then airlines, then churches that pay taxes, even though they don't, then agriculture, then every other industry. So um, I really just want to say it's so important that we keep talking about this. And I know you are. I asked Brett specifically, what fund are you really interested in these days? What can we tell people go look at this charitable cause and give a dollar if you can give a hundred dollars if you can and he said i was gonna say it's about the election right now i mean especially after rbg rest or soul i think it's so important that that we especially with the senate let's try to get the senate blue and and so i think that you know, that's the most important cause right now because, because let's be honest, that, that part of our government are, is really the people who care about the arts and the people who, who promote the arts and understand that culture is a part of what makes America, America. Great. I agree. I agree. So um, let's pivot to coaching. Because it's literally what you did was you pivoted. <laughs> it felt like you ramped up your coaching more than ever. Um, every day I see new coaching content from you. I personally find it very inspiring as a coach. I think the way you're supporting your colleagues is creative and smart. Uh, so Brett, tell us about coaching work. And I think that the people in our business, they can, of course, benefit from you. But also... I think people outside of our business can learn the lessons. So what can people do to kind of keep motivated and focused during the pandemic time, those 98 million people? I mean, the big thing I, I felt, especially immediately when the shutdown happened was there was no structure. 
How do you structure your time? People who based their structure loosely, you know, people in our industry loosely base their time on like, I have auditions to go to, I have survival work to do, or I have a show to get to. Um, and I got to go to PT or acupuncture and, and whatever it is to maintain doing eight shows a week. And when there's no routine and there's nowhere to go, I, I think that people just kind of immediately were, I felt like people were just lost. And so I just said, you got to focus on a minimum of three things a day. You got to do one thing every day to center yourself, whatever that means for you. You got to do something to create community, meaning connecting with others, connecting with something greater than yourself. And then you got to do something that crafts your career or, or, you know, even, even if it's not like, you know, um, career driven, it's craft driven. It's about doing the creative work, the stuff that you love to do, the stuff that, you know, and so for us, it's like, even if we just make a TikTok, right. that is like a create creative outlet. And if I don't, cause what was happening is everyone was going live and it's still happening. Everyone's going live on Instagram you're just taking in information and you have, you have to balance that by putting out things as well. Otherwise you're just going to be this bundled up, like, bit of knowledge. And if you can just do a minimum of those three things every day, sometimes you could do more, sometimes less, but a minimum of that, like, I think that you can stay kind of a whole person during this time. And then, um, and so I started doing that. I started like teaching people the options. What are the options? How do you do that? How do you create content when you're feeling stuck? How do you continue to reach out to people when you're feeling ashamed or afraid or whatever? And so I really, I'm really happy that I've been able to help uh, the few people that have been able to, to get involved and I want to help more. You have to balance the information in with the creative output. That is so smart, Brett. That's really smart. Um, so yesterday, it's so cute. I wish everybody could be here because Stephen keeps looking at Brett like he's so smart and articulate, and it's so he really because he is. He really he, is. He really is. You know, and also, <laughs> it's also funny to like uh, because in many ways, I think of Brett as from 20 years ago. So it's right. like, oh my God, Brett, you're so grown up now and you're so smart and successful. Good, good for you. <laughs> I'm um, very mature. No, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> so I was going to ask you both what you're doing to kind of find the balance. And I know Brett's doing uh, 35 progress. Is that a, is that a, a yet another program? There's so many to go. I don't know what it is. What is that? <laughs> I I just literally okay. Well, let me tell you based off of something else. So I saw this thing called the seventy five hard challenge. This this guy, who's a coach, had started it, and I and I, and I started reading about this guy, and I was like, oh, maybe I'll do seventy five hard. It's like a mental toughness like challenge. Like for seventy five days, you do all these kind of extreme things, and then I started reading about this guy, and he's like a huge. Trumper and like super conservative. And I was like, absolutely not. I'm not going to promote this. So I just said, I'm going to make my own challenge and I'm calling it the 35 progress. I love it. And for third, and it's about progress, not perfection. It's about 35 days of trying every day to just be a little bit better. And, um, I just said, I'm going to do this challenge and 20 people signed up. So I have 20 people we're, we're holding each other accountable every day to, 
to progressing during this time. And part of that is also to progress the, the movements in the world that we'd like to see, Black Lives Matter movement, um, climate change movement. So Did we're mentioning the donating a dollar? Is that uh, yeah, I donate a dollar every right. day to a different charity. So $35 this month are going to different charities. And it's just a way to like make some progress. That sounds like fun, actually. It sounds yeah. fun on top of everything else. Yeah, I love it. You know? I love it. And uh, I'm going to tell everybody, go look at Brett's Instagram because there's a thirst trap photo of his progress. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, I noticed that Stephen, yesterday, uh, a little balance was a Metallica moment. And yeah. I noticed behind on the wall were a lot of bat decorations. Yeah, you know what? Yes, yeah, so that's our that is our one Halloween decoration. Um, Brett really likes to decorate and I try to um, like keep it down. And so it's kind of nice because we're not in our own apartment, our own space, and we can't really buy too much because we don't know where we're going to be. So the compromise was that he ordered these like, they're actually kind of cool, these bats that are on the wall. So that's the one Halloween decoration that we're allowed to get. Even though right now we were just at the grocery store and I had to like kind of, he was like, do you think we should get a pumpkin? I'm like, it's September 20th. No, it's too early. It's <laughs> like I had to like, like, no, it's too early. Like, um, yeah. So the Metallica thing was amazing last night. And then on that same channel this morning, there was a jewel concert. <laughs> Uh, okay, so I need here? more info about that oh because my um, yeah, the Jewel? I'm such a Jewel I, fan. First yes. of all, I yeah, saw you dancing. Amazing. I saw you dancing to Jewel, and it was my favorite thing. It reminded <laughs> me when I was younger. I used to hang out a lot with this brilliant, brilliant dancer who uh, I, I no longer talk to him, but he would dance all the time. So like it was so. Brett just had his camera open, or maybe it was your phone. I don't know, but he just like zoomed over there you were doing like a full perfect semi-lyrical moment to jewel <laughs> i was like ah, dancers i love dancers so much well brett was brett was kind of annoyed with me because i had it on and he came in he came up from his workout and he was like what, what, what did you want to watch? Meet the press. He's like, can we put on meet the press? I'm like, there is a jewel concert on. Like, no, I know. I, I know what they're going to tell us. It's all not going to be good. Like I don't right. need to hear it right now. Like she was slaying it. I mean, I think it was probably at least 10 years she old. She sounded amazing. She was, she sounded amazing. Do you guys watch, do you, ever, do you know that show? Wait, wait, don't tell me on NPR. I love you listen to yes. that show. Yes. yes. And Tom Bodette every now and then is a, uh, he's a guest on that show. You know, the motel six guy, he owns all the motel sixes. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He's from the same town as uh, jewel. And when jewel jewel uh, got this, like uh, she got accepted to this uh, music Academy from high school and she couldn't afford it. And the town was so small that Tom Bodette actually paid for her to go to school to learn oh. how to sing. That's and that's how she that's became Jewel. I was like, thank God amazing. he did. Yeah. <laughs> you remember when Jewel started, she lived in her car. She yeah. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. her own mm -hmm. place. I think yeah. she lived with her mom in her car for a minute. Yeah. yeah. Um, and Jewel, she used to ride a horse to school. Yeah. That's how that's the kind she of She sang a song right. today I never heard. Yeah. And she had like a full yeah. orchestra yeah. playing with her. What, do wow. you know the name I of don't. It? it was a song I never heard and it was a great I'll find song. it, I'll yeah. send it to you. Can hell I of a, ask hell the most voice, important though. question? Amazing. Can I ask the yes. most important question? Did she perform <laughs> intuition? 
Um, well, so here's the deal. So I had to put it on mute because we had a phone call that we had to do. And so I had to put it on mute and I just watched her. I think we missed it. Okay. And I think we missed it. So the only things that we heard and when I turned it back on was Save Your Soul, soul. Was Save Your Soul and um, um, You're Always Brilliant in the Mornings. Oh, oh yeah. Yes, that's yes, a good yes. song. He's yes. foolish games. Foolish games. Oh, her and that little banjo. Oh yes. my God, I'm freaking so out. Good. I'm sorry. <laughs> it just reminds me of like high school. Yes. Like I remember like yes. Yes. homework in high school and like listening to it. Just be like, oh, that is a white lady. I love, I love <laughs> that lady. John. So much. Nothing brings me more joy than when John has a white girl moment. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, you cannot. My husband, I was just talking about her yesterday getting out of the car. So, yes, bravo to you for loving Joel. I like you much more than I already do. And also, so, John, my follow up question I know you'll have an opinion about this is Is it ever too soon for pumpkins, John? Is it ever too soon for pumpkin spice? Never. No, ma'am. No, ma'am. No, ma <laughs> Give me pumpkin January. Pumpkin spice, December. maybe, but by the by. If you got a pumpkin and carved it, it would be pumpkin? rotten by yeah. Halloween. Pumpkin it's spice. All like, I'll, no. I'll be honest with you. Uh, here in LA, it's hard to come by those little gourds that look like mm -hmm. pumpkins. And nothing brings me greater joy than a little tiny white pumpkin gourd. I usually get like seven of them. I line them up. It's a whole thing. I can't find them here. Can I give you a tip, Jimmy, on that? Just the tip. Farmer's markets. Oh, farmers markets. Ralph carries them too. Ralph, yeah. at least the one by me does. Well, so. Ralph's had a bag. So this, by the way, poor Brent and Stephen are like, "What just happened to our interview?" But I met Ralph <laughs> yesterday, and they had a bag of prepackaged gourds, and there were none of the little white ones. There were only yeah. like the bumpy warty kind, and I was like, mm. "Nobody wants a bowl full of warts on their living room table." Like. <laughs> <laughs> panicked about it okay so um what i do want to get into next and then i'll let you go is um broadway husband yeah, we can do this all night. This is fun. I love Kiki. <laughs> um, well, I want to talk about Broadway Husbands like as a brand. And I want to talk about the good and the bad and the ugly. So I want to talk about the podcast a little bit. I want you to tell us like what you normally talk about. But then I also want to get into, on the Facebook, I saw y'all do a um, sponsored post because you're very successful. And I saw some people that were being anti-gay and i was like and i gotta tell i mean my mother instinct kicked in so quickly i wanted to jump in there and just start telling people off and i was like you know what it's a sponsored post i don't want to be that guy on their page so i didn't but i got very protective so um let's jump to the bad first and then we'll get into the good so what's it like to be you know gay influencers <laughs> in a world full of of trump people well, it's challenging. The, the influencer space is a weird space to enter because we we never like we really always wanted to be artists, and and that's like our, our the skill set is what we what we what we treasure. But it's nice to be able to help. Like I, honestly, the Broadway husband started to create visibility for LGBTQ people making a living in the arts because I didn't see that growing up, yeah. and so I want people to know that like you can have a happy healthy marriage and and do what you love do what you love you know, and survive a pandemic and yeah. whatever um and be gay and you know and so it kind of came mostly when we moved to charleston south carolina two years ago so we kind of like we really got into it there to kind of 
just opened people's eyes to, you know, gay marriage in the South. But that like, kind you know, the... we got asked to do this sponsored post for this company that is primarily men's like health straight kind of care. Apparently. Well, and they what? asked us to do it. No, they asked us, us to do it knowing who we are. And so we created this content for them and like, I thought it was funny. Like they wanted it. So it was like erectile dysfunction medication. Right. But we don't need that. <laughs> right. Steven. No, no, we don't need it at all. But I was like, <laughs> but we did it. We made it, we made it seem like it's a joke. I was no. joking. Oh no, no, no. So we made it a, this joke, like get a longer extension. Like and Steven's like extending his leg, you know, hold a longer no, you know? Yeah, yeah. And so we made this joke about that. And then they run the ad and they clearly, whoever was doing their targeting targeted just straight guys. And that's not, we were getting, that's not so great. Not that's our not demographic. Great. Yeah. Yeah. Not our demographic. The comments <laughs> were hateful. Like, I mean, just one after another, after another, I literally had to email another, those like, people and be like, I don't know who's running your targeting, but, but they clearly didn't look at our right. content. At your demo, yeah. And it's, it's, it's called, you guys are called the Broadway husbands, right? right? So uh, somebody dropped a the ball there. <laughs> yeah, sure. yeah, yeah, yeah. But usually, <laughs> like, sometimes people will say stuff like, like we did the WAP challenge on our reels, like, <laughs> you know, because you had to. <laughs> people will say things, you know, typically. And we do get a lot of, like, when are you going to start an OnlyFans? That happens a lot. No. Not, yeah. Oh. Uh, like I would. Jim Lanahan could not handle that if you guys. <laughs> <laughs> We're not doing that. That's not our. That's not our brand. No. Have you? Have that, you? But. I'm sure you do. Do you, have? I know you have. You know that moment when your friends tell you they're starting an OnlyFans and you have to somehow not react like, oh my God, I'm not, I cannot see your we. I can't look at that, you know? You actually know people who have OnlyFans sites, Johnny, Jimmy? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So do I. Really? God. Yeah. I know a lot of Broadway people with OnlyFans. So, yeah. Need listen. I I don't want to, I'm not judging it in any way. Like if that's what no. you want to do, but I don't know how you think you're going to, like, it's going to be a harder job to get cast and for people to see you neutrally, like as, as a versatile <laughs> performer, or, if they've seen you do everything. <laughs> yeah. Everything literally, right. you know? That's right. Yeah. And I think it's different for actors than it is. Like I, I have a lot of friends that are drag performers that have them. Um, and I, somehow that's like a different category because to your point, sense, yeah. you're trying to be everything to everybody as an actor. So it's a really good point. Um, okay. I just want to point out that, and I'm sorry to stop this, but, uh, I just watched, by the way, Anne is my sister guys, Brett. <laughs> I figured and, that out. Yeah. And <laughs> I just watched my uh, niece explain fans only to my sister. <laughs> so yeah. that was, yeah. that was fun. Oh, bitch, Sorry please. You're on my only fans. <laughs> Anne. I saw you there. <laughs> <laughs> She's a just for fans, only fans. <laughs> military classified, all of them. Maverick <laughs> men, the twins, all of them. Exclusive content. Mm -hmm. um, so, <laughs> so stupid. Uh, okay, <laughs> Broadway Husband podcast. Tell me what happens on that. By the way, I, I love it. I listen to it. Oh, thanks. We, yeah. well, we, we do a mix of interviewing other couples who make their living in, in, in the, the arts. arts. Um, or, you know, we try to get 
it's interesting. We've we, for a long time we were trying to always get uh, you know a gay or a lesbian couple, um, but sometimes that's hard to find, or you know the scheduling is so difficult with getting as you know getting you people. Yeah, you know, I was just like getting people to um, come in, and it, before the pandemic, we would actually do it in a studio, and everyone would have to meet at a specific place. So it was like. It was really tough to do. But we'd love to talk about we'd love to talk about more more about how people make their living, how they found each other. We actually did two episodes since we were with our parents. We actually interviewed our parents and how they met. And um, cool. That that was kind of a fun thing. So it's so recently it's turned more into like like love and like romance and who said I love you first and like fun (laughs) stuff like that. Cause that's kind of like where my heart is like, who said Mm -hmm. I love you first. And what did you think of them when you first saw them? And like, were you kind of like, did you see them from afar and were you kind of like trying to figure out how you were going to make your move or like, did it just happen? And then I'm like, I'm the person who's like, so which Broadway show were you in at that time? And like, what what track were you doing? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. How did you two meet? Oh, well, we met actually through friends. It was at a Chris, I threw a Christmas party with Scott Barnhart, my, yeah. my old roommate at, at our house in Astoria, which I think you've been to. Remember that house? <laughs> yes. 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 <laughs> so, yeah. It's so funny. I love and, that uh, house was amazing, by the way. It was so nice. Yeah. yeah. It was yeah. very it was, nice. And it, it was, was in New York. It was very strange. Yeah. yeah. It was great. Um, anyway, so Scott, so Scott, I threw a Christmas party, Stephen came, I came with, um, a friend of mine from New York city ballet who knew Brett. Um, and we had met one other time before that, but at that particular party, we couldn't stop staring at each other. And I was in like this terrible relationship at the time, like terrible. And, um, so I was just like staring at him, you know, just like obsessively (laughs) staring at him. And he was obsessively staring back. Yeah, at me. I was like, "This guy's gorgeous. Oh, he's sweet. way out of my league." I kept thinking, "He's so out of my league. Like, I'm not. There's just no way. Or uh, there's just no way." He's but he was dating me. somebody too, and we kept in touch after that. And we would text and talk. We met. A, we met a couple times for coffee, and, and I would complain about this relationship I was in. Yeah. Was there ever a cheating? Bit, Did a cheat happen? No, it didn't. No? It was actually we were very good i mean we waited literally waited he dumped he broke up with his partner and then literally the day because i knew it was going to come i the the day the guy dumped me i called steven what are you doing (laughs) (laughs) and then the rest is history we got married four years to the date of that night that night that's right oh my god that's awesome and so your question back to you who said i love you first brett yeah, I was doing my out of town of Little Mermaid in Denver, and Stephen came to visit, and we were sitting in. And a- at this point, he was trying to like act like he was trying to like be like, "I'm not sure that I want this to happen." Like he was trying to like play like really play cool. And yeah. so I would give him a lot of space. I, I was very career space. focused. <laughs> I gave him a lot of space, and I was like, "Okay, you, you would have do whatever you need." Uh huh, and like. And we would talk all the time on the phone. So then I went to Denver. And you were sitting in bed and I was like, I think I'm in love with you. And he goes, I know. <laughs> oh, oh, he pulled a Han Solo. Jessica Simpson. He's like, finally, you're admitting it. Jessica Simpson? Yes. Yeah, I wow. said, cute Jessica Simpson. <laughs> <laughs> 
I love, uh, you know, something that you just said that is so true, though, was I was so focused on my career. And I think that's true. Again, it goes back to trying to be successful in New York City and particularly Broadway people. Talk about the drive it takes to become successful, right? So it's like, oh, who's thinking about a relationship? If it falls in my lap, great. If it doesn't, probably not going to happen. So, you know. Love that you said that. Okay, um, so let's have a quick wrap up. I'll let you guys get back to your life. Um, I just ask one more quick question, Jimmy, if that's okay. Yeah, I yeah, you love the Broadway husband, Scott. I do. I do. By I'm the really way, the straight guys obsessed with the Broadway husband. <laughs> <I'm> totally. <laughs> there goes my my wife. Just walked by. Anyway, um, do you find it hard? because you guys are like working together, living together. You're like constantly, you know, like you're, you're, you're doing this stuff, everything you're creating together. Is it hard on your relationship sometimes to uh, balance that? Do you have to give each other space at some point where you're like, okay, let's just take a break. Is there ever like any kind of friction? Because I know a lot of people who work together, a lot of uh, husband and wives or husbands and husbands who work together need to create boundaries, you know, where, where they can be alone. I'm, I'm wondering if you guys ever have that issue where you yes. can, yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, the quick answer is yes. Um, but you know, what's interesting is that we started kind of doing, we started doing all the Broadway husbands stuff, um, yeah. you know, the content um, as a way to actually work together because we'd never really worked together or created right. together. Right. Um, so it originally started as us kind of just doing fun stuff together and creating together. Um, so especially now during the pandemic, since we're together so much, uh, so much more than we were. Right. Um, but there's definitely going to be some bound. There are some boundaries around yeah. some things. Um, yeah. And it, it, I mean, we're doing a lot, like, especially cause he's working at this school and teaching stuff online. I'm coaching. We had the apparel, we have like the content we, I mean, we post every day on Instagram and we try to do a YouTube video and like, it's a lot to create. Right. But I think that the thing that we always, always wanted to be is, a, a chance for us to do something together. So if it's, there's day, there's times where it's like, there's resistance from one side or the other. It's not always me. It's not, always, <laughs> it's not, it's well, not maybe, all, maybe because you created it when you guys, you created it to actually work with each other as opposed to maybe having it but I think fall in your lap. It's also not become like, it's not like a huge, in, like, you know, it's not like our full-time job. Right. You know, it's a creative outlet. Yeah, right. I think if we were like, if we had a business that was, it would probably be a little bit harder if we were yeah. having to sell products or something um, right. at a higher level. Yeah. But, like men's erectile dysfunction medicine. <laughs> correct. <laughs> But I do think that like the, the, the challenge is, is the days where we don't, neither of us want to do anything. That's the hard yeah, thing. That's yeah. the hard and that's part. when I like, if we can get, like, we started getting, we have a, somebody like assisting us now and that helps, helps so now, yeah. much. Like having somebody. Because what happens is like, what we'll do, this is, I, I, we've never actually, I've never said this out loud. What will happen is he will say something to me, or I know that something needs to be done. And then I notice that he's not bringing it up. And I kind of just like, let it go. Yeah, and then like yeah. the next day will come and he'll be like, why didn't you say anything? And I'm like, 
oh, I just thought we weren't going to do it today. I thought we were just going to hang <laughs> Taking out. Taking advantage like, of his procrastination. Watch, yeah, I'd rather it, yeah. watch all seven seasons of Mad Men. Uh, like, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I cool. love it. That's hilarious. I love that you're fancy enough to need help now. Like, I, I need help, but I can't afford help. I <laughs> Listen, there's always a way. And if you think you need help, you're, you're already behind. Like, yeah. it's, there's a way to make it happen. If you think you need help, you need help. It's just like, and even if it's just like a couple hours a week, it's it's totally worth the expense because it say it you. I'm telling you, it has turned everything around for us to be able to have that extra two hours, even to just be that much more productive and make more income, or just or to have a third person say, "Hey, can you please turn this in?" Instead of us being like, "Did you do that?" Or did yeah, because if I say it, he won't do it. But if somebody right. else says it, right. right. <laughs> That's the truth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I wouldn't either if Marsha said to me. Honestly, though, no. The first thing that goes for me is self care. So, like, I really need the help, or else, like, the self care suffers. We all have that thing. If it's not self care, it's your work social, right? Or if it's not, you know, whatever it is. So, uh, Jimmy, you could make a contest out of it. You could have one of your fans, like one of your Atlanta fans be your assistant <laughs> weekly. Yeah. You could Jim, have a little contest. Honestly, I want you that know? for you. I want that for you because listen, like your self care matters more than anything like that. That is your foundation. And if you're, if that's the first thing to go, then the hardest part is onboarding because when you're used to doing everything, you, letting it go is the hardest part. Like teaching right. someone else how to do, like, I don't even think about the way I do things cause I just do it. So then to have to figure it out and teach it to somebody is hard. But like once they're onboarded, it is such a freeing feeling. I want that for you. Yeah. I have so many things. And, and if it was like an attractive guy assistant, I have just a list, a list. You're in Los Angeles. I'm you know, sure you it's not, this, you can't be Harvey Weinstein again. You can't do that. <gasps> and also like, yeah, that also those like, days are over. Some of those like stop someone from starting only, only fans and hire them. Yeah. <laughs> the next friend that says, Hey, I'm starting my only fan. She'd be like, you know what? Don't do that. <laughs> Come over here. I'll pay you $12 a month or whatever. Oh my God. $12 a month. Because <laughs> no, 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 no. that's the kind of fees they charge. But anyway. Yeah. Oh, my, I, OnlyFans is a topic for when we don't record the podcast. Because, I mean, have I, have I subscribed for a month just to see what my friends are doing? And then, of course I have. <laughs> you know, a month at a time times 50 friends. It adds up. I got credit card bill. <laughs> Maybe we could get them to sponsor this podcast. <laughs> Sponsored by OnlyFans. OnlyFans. I think Christine has a question. Um, yeah, I I've recently got into TikTok in a big way during this pandemic. So I will definitely be subscribing to you guys as soon as I get done with this. Um, my question is though, do you happen to have a somebody come get her? She's dancing like a stripper video. And if not, could I request that? This is Christine's favorite TikTok song. Do you yeah. know it? Come on, I get her. She's dancing yeah. like a stripper. Come yes. on, come. Oh my God. Come they're going to yeah. dedicate it to you, Christine. <laughs> All right. We're following you and we're putting that record. We're taking your Look request. At that. Just like that. Boom. <laughs> so funny. And I you should follow even do Chris it tonight. <laughs> and you guys should follow Christine's OnlyFans page because yeah. it's really. Oh my God. If you're wow. into BBC, trust Ooh. me. 
Um, my favorite song on TikTok is um, I don't even know what it's called. Go, 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 go. Who's hey. next? Go, go, go. Yes. <laughs> yes, yes. You do it when people get uh, dethroned from like a racist. Uh, um, yeah, that's basically uh, what it's for. <laughs> did you Did you guys watch the VMAs? Like every song that was performed was a TikTok song. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> I know. I was like, is this TikTok's greatest hits? What is this? <laughs> oh, um, all right, you guys, I I adore you. I I just want to say, go check them out. Go check them out on the blog, on YouTube, on Insta. Go buy the apparel. The apparel is super cute and it's super witty, by the way. Uh, go listen to the podcast. I, uh, more than anything, I just watch you two collectively and individually and I smile. Uh, the coaching stuff is uplifting. I mean, today you couldn't help but coach my ass twice during this interview. I thank you for that. You're so fucking insightful, Brett, and you're so good at that. It's just seamless for you because at the end of the day, you're a good fucking person. So it's, it's natural for you to just like help people and lift them up. Um, go find a video of Steven dancing. You're going to die. I'm going to make you literally want to put on a pair of tights and try it in your living room. And then you're going to end up in a Cairo appointment. But it's, oh my God. it's just ridiculous. Um, I'm just so thankful you were both here. And I just, I'm just proud to know you because when I think about what you've built in the Broadway husband space, you should really be proud of that. I mean, I, I checked it out today. You have so much going on, so many followers. The sphere of influence has a lot to do with who you are personally and professionally and congratulations. Thanks a lot, Jen. You guys yeah. really seem like a lovely couple. Yeah. It's very Thank sweet you. to meet you guys. Thank love you. To see it. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. All right, you guys. Um, so we will be right back after this commercial. And let's give a round of applause while we play out music for Brad and Steven. Hey, Christine, did yeah. you know that Jim Lanahan and Friends podcast is sponsored by Jim Lanahan on Cameo? Why, yes, Jim. We talk about it every week on the podcast, but I love Cameo. So tell me more. Well, repetition is our friend, right? If you go to Cameo and search for Jim Lanahan, you can order a personalized message from Jim Lanahan and all proceeds go directly back to supporting this podcast. That helps us keep the podcast for fun and for free. I love friends with, oh, I love free things. You love friends with benefits, I too, I'm sure. Um, girl, me too. Also, every cameo order not only includes a personalized video from Jim Lanahan, but also grants you admission to our live podcast audience. And you get to watch us record this podcast and see all the content that doesn't make it to the final version. That makes you a Jim Lanahan and a friend with benefits. I love friends with benefits. Yes, we've 
establish that. So go to cameo.com today and search for Jim Lanahan to get your personalized message and support this podcast. That's cameo.com. Search for Jim Lanahan. It's pretty good, you guys. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. All right, you guys, welcome back from commercial break. I want to thank Brett and Steven once again for joining us today. They are just the best, don't you think? They're so inspiring. Very sweet. Wonderful people. Yeah. Loved loved talking to them. They're Mm -hmm. they're just very electric personalities. You know, you can tell why they're so successful, for sure. And I got to tell you, it's been so nice watching them thrive during the pandemic especially because that's been inspiring in a time that I've been really sad about my day job, about the state of health in the world. And I just love them, love them so much. All right, listen, um, I'm going to jump right into our individual segments because it's late for us. We're running behind. And I, I do know that John has an eight o'clock curfew because million, go ahead. 90 day fiance. We gotta get to it. So here's Christine with the basic bitch report. I'm a basic bitch. I'm a basic bitch. Every day I walk this way, sipping pumpkin spice latte. I'm a basic bitch. I'm a basic bitch. Every day I walk this way, sipping pumpkin spice latte. Christine, what makes you basic today? Oh my God, so many things. I don't even know how to narrow it down. But um, it's really interesting. Uh, The thing I wanted to talk about today fits so well into what Brett was talking about, about setting yourself a schedule, Um, which I have been trying to do. Uh, My problem, which I would love to get some help from you uh, gentlemen, is that I'm really great at creating the schedule. I get real excited about it. Then I wake up the next morning and whatever I'm supposed to do, I'm like, you know what? I should probably watch some TikTok videos. (laughs) So I'm finding that in the moment, I'm just throwing everything out of the water. It's not even a phrase, but yeah, um, I, I have the same issue, Christine, unfortunately, I'm great at creating schedules, but uh, following them is a different story. Well, great, Scott. That's not really a great help. Okay. Wow. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I love you. I totally get it. It's, and I I can't win here last week. (laughs) I was ruining it because I was uh, in this week. Now I'm trying to be empathetic and I'm still, I felt left out because I I haven't really been able to give you shit about anything. So by the way, Um, how many times this week did Scott text us in the group and say, are you guys still picking on Scott (laughs) this week? (laughs) Oh, no, I didn't. Shit. What are you talking about? Maybe once. And I want to quote Everybody John must... when I say this. I'm going to quote the Reverend Dr. John Paul Hickey. <laughs> when I say this, 
I didn't know we were picking on you. I thought we were just telling you the truth about yourself. Well, you know, sometimes the truth hurts. Sometimes it hurts, Scott. No, but I can we get back to Christine? Yes, I do want to say that I find Scott and and Dr. John, what you've been doing are is very motivational. Um, I'm very proud of what you guys have been doing. So I I definitely have been trying to set up a routine of self care and food and exercise and working on my career. But I'm just finding that every day. I'm getting very little of that done because I just either don't want to do it or something in my brain just makes me do something else. So I I, I was just going to say it's extremely exhausting. I think we talk about success and we talk, especially when you work for yourself, the, the gamut of having to keep a schedule. Like I'm looking at my calendar for this week and I'm like, Jesus Christ, why don't I hire an assistant? I can't afford one. Okay. So it's just one of those things where it's like people say, oh, you should be productive, but no one wants to talk about how being 300 pounds and having to (laughs) exercise is a lot of work. It's a lot of sweat. I'm hungry. I'm tired. Yeah, I get it. I was going to suggest a book, actually. (laughs) Um, I read a book not too long ago called The Miracle Morning. Okay. And um, it gives you like five different things to do the first thing in the morning. And uh, it it teaches you to get up early. And I've been getting up. I started getting up around 630. And now I'm up around, usually during the weekdays, I'm up around five o'clock in the morning. And uh, you jur- it has you journal and write down your gratitude. And then it has you meditate and do your affirmations and then exercise. And by the time 8 o'clock comes around and it's time for work, you feel really accomplished. You do. And there's even affirmations in the book for you when you're going to bed. Say you don't get to bed till like midnight. And you're like, oh, my God, I have to get up at 5 o'clock. And you're counting the hours, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. There's affirmations that saying, instead of that, you're like, I get to get up. I get to wake up and breathe at 5 a.m. tomorrow. And I'm not saying I've been following it perfectly, but it has definitely helped with, you know, there's something to be said at accomplishing, to to accomplish something in the first thing in the morning. Like, it, it kind of, like, sets your day. Like, this week has been crazy for me. I, I closed a house. I switched jobs. You know, it's just been – and it's just the, the decision-making, and it's just a lot clearer. And I find yeah. myself, if I could – if I even if I accomplish three of those five things from that book every morning, uh, it, it's a better day. It's a better day. So yeah, that's my I, two cents. No, I will definitely check that out. I, I have – one of the – part of my schedule in the morning is doing – meditation and gratitude but i've also have found myself not even doing that like right. and not even doing simple stuff like how hard is it at night to make a gratitude list or do affirmations or literally why i'm laying there even just listening to something right and i'm i'm finding that well what time do you get up in the morning uh usually between 8 and 8 30 well, I'll I'll call you and tell you and, 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 and keep oh you God. accountable. And tell oh you my to God, I can't write down your gratitude for the he call. Does it for me, 
forward 48 hours. Yeah. <laughs> it's all about accountability. And, you know, it's all about, you know, John, Dr. John and I keep each other accountable. Listen, We're fast checking. forward 48 hours. My cell phone rings. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Christine. Hi, Jimmy. What's going on? That fucking dick's show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I won't I'm call you. Advice. I've known Christine a long it. time. One thing I've known about Christine is she does not enjoy getting up excessively early. If now, if you had said to Christine, instead of early morning motivation, if you had been like, what happens is between midnight and 2 a.m. <laughs> Christine, like, Christine comes alive, I think. Are night. you a night owl, Christine? Well, I'm a night owl, but unfortunately for the last like 12 years, I've had jobs where I've had to, I started between seven and seven thirty AM. So I by force have been getting up early, but yeah, I I used to be a night owl too, but by 10, by 10 o'clock, I'm ready for bed. Let me say this. We're all working from home these days, uh, more than ever. And I, Christine is working from home all the time. (laughs) So one of the things that I have been trying to force myself to do, and I've not been successful is the time I would normally spend commuting to work. So I'm very fortunate. I, if I were commuting to the office that we gave up because of COVID, because my industry is in shambles, in case you didn't miss and listen oh God, to why? the podcast. Oh. Anyway, um, if I were commuting, it would be 20 minutes. So there's 40 minutes a day that I, substanti- I substantively could be going for a walk, right? Or could be doing anything for myself, meditating. So think of it that way, B. But you know what? It's also okay to not do anything. That's right. Mm-hmm. You know what That's I mean? Right. That like, is a yeah. really healthy thing to say. It's okay yeah. to not be okay. And it's okay to use the time just to like, honestly sit around and, and watch, watch TV. Watch 90 day fiance. Yeah. Yeah. And I do. I'm just, I just am like so skilled at like being able to justify anything that that because that becomes a little bit of a slippery slope right, for me. Right. Yeah, yeah. Well, been, I'll be calling you at eight a.m. every morning. Don't think <laughs> I won't I either because Doctor uh, John, I'm all over Doctor John. Right. So now I'm going to be all over. Oh my you. God, you two get a room. It's disgusting. <laughs> it's disgusting. All, I'm going to climb Mount Jim. I'm gonna first climb, of all, I'm going to climb Big Gay Jim any gym. day now. I'm, I love you guys. Yeah. Will never. There is a whole tribe of kids that are six that are between five and eight years younger than me that call me big gay Jim. Like literally like 300 people in my life. And if they say big gay Jim and they'll scream it in the middle of times square, I know exactly where they're from. Yeah. I think if there were a gym called big gay Jim, I might be more apt to like work out. G-Y-M. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, big gay gym. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's a great idea. Yes. I would definitely have a membership. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, um, Jimmy, do you, uh, I didn't know this, but does Wagner have a very good, like, the best. Uh, musical? The best. Uh, really? Wagner, I Wagner is competitive with Carnegie Mellon, Northwestern, no Northeastern. Yeah, it is. Uh, the kids that come out of Wagner work and work and work and work. And they come out of Wagner highly networked, usually with an agent in hand. Kind of like Juilliard type. Uh, I mean, if you look at... Brett, he came out and was on a national tour in the first year. Wow. And uh, got his equity card and was on a first national tour and had a Broadway show within like- It must be tough years. to get in to that school then. It must be very difficult. It's so very competitive. You have to be able to sing and act and dance. You have to do all three. You have to be able to do all three. Wow. Yeah. yeah. 
Who knew Wagner in fucking Staten Island? Staten Island, Staten Island. Yeah. And you know what's great about Wagner is I'll do a commercial for Wagner because it's on Staten Island. You're not at NYU. You're not in the middle right. of Staten. You're not at Columbia. So you you can also be a college kid. So you can yeah. go in and do the New York thing. Then you can take the ferry across, and then you're back, and you're like, oh, I live in a dorm, and I'm a normal 18 year old. And that's right. Uh, what Brett and I didn't get into is I was significantly older, but I was super fun. I was already working on Broadway shows. They all loved me. So I used to go to the college parties and get too drunk to drive home. And I I remember waking up one morning and all the skinny gays were on a couch and they were drinking a drink. And I was like, what are you all drinking? They were drinking um, Slim Fast made with a couple shots of vodka and they were washing down fat stacker pills. Oh my God. <laughs> We're all still alive, honestly. I have no idea. But yeah, as most, you know, as they say, the most glamorous pose in show business is this one. Yeah. So, yeah. you know. Can you, can you say that recipe again so I can write it down? <laughs> <laughs> it's two scoops of Slim Fast, two okay. shots of vodka, a splash of cream to keep it keto. Okay. Yep. And then you use it to <laughs> swallow down. down two fat stackers. Remember fat stackers? Yeah, you, they didn't make, they're illegal now, aren't they? Like, yeah, because you would take a fat people. stacker and then you would shit out your intestines for three yeah. days. Yeah, Oh, God, I miss those days. <laughs> those are the best. Okay. Christine, did we answer all your questions about scheduling? Yes, of course. Honest to God, though. Honest to God, you know I am a professional certified life coach. And Mm -hmm. uh, did you notice I just put on my serious professional tone? I noticed that. We're talking about coaching. Um, A few of my clients right now, the biggest... The biggest challenge is scheduling. Scheduling is a really big deal because particularly people that are type A and successful. So you are successful at work. You are a mom, right? You are trying to work out. You are, you are, you are, you are. We all wear seven or eight hats. Scheduling that all in is really problematic. And if you don't schedule it, it becomes this sense of overwhelm. And then you just either give up or you have a bit of a meltdown. Now I'm a meltdowner because I, Christine has worked with me before. She knows this. I'll work 14 hour days, six days a week to get all the shit done. And then I will literally just need to unplug for three weeks in Palm Springs because I'm ready to die, ready to just, you know, I'm having chest pains, but a lot of people just become overwhelmed and stop. So scheduling is one of the hardest, hardest things to do. And there's so much extra stress right now with COVID. There's so much extra stress right now with economy, with Mm -hmm. election, with, you know, on top of all the hats we're wearing, it's, it's important to do it for yourself. There's one more book I'm going to suggest. It's called the one thing by Gary Keller and Jay Papazan. The one thing. Okay, I'll write that down. Oh, I love Jay Papazan's chairs. They're so comfortable. They are nice. They are yeah. Nice. Oh, God, I love a Papazan. Who, who knew he could write a, uh, he yeah. could write as well. Yeah. I mean, the guy is multifaceted. I had a Japanese sugar daddy in college. and I You did not. You're making this like, up. What are you going to call me? I'll be like, I call you a big Papazan. You know, like, I was like, oh. 
insensitive joke to the John. John, call me out if that was insensitive to the Japanese community. The gay Japanese community. Thank you, John. (laughs) John, to all Japanese people or just gay Japanese people? (laughs) To all of them. Okay, I (laughs) for my insensitive jokes. Um, I uh, to all the Japanese listeners, all all of our listeners in Japan. When I, when I, it's not for nothing, when I went to Japan for work to launch a Broadway show, I was very popular on Grindr. I bet you were. And that's all I'll say. Because to them, I'm like white Shrek. They're all like, I want that! You know? <laughs> I am <laughs> like, so like, down, Shrek. white Shrek. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, they never saw anything like it. Okay, so that's- You must pretty- have been the tallest man in Japan for a while there. <laughs> you must have just yeah. towered over people as you were I was walking, walking through the street. through a park at one point and people were literally pointing at me and asking if they could take my photo. No. Yeah, yeah. I also had on a show jacket, so they thought I was in the show that I was oh. there to produce. So I, they thought I was, they, I think maybe they thought I was Kevin James. I don't even know, Chris Farley. I don't know who they thought <laughs> I was. Ann Barr. Yeah. <laughs> Nell Carter. I mean, you know. <laughs> All right, let's jump. All those dead comedians. <laughs> let's, let's go to John. Yo, I'm a white boy beyond. Making Danny Tanner proud. I'm a white boy beyond. I'm moderately endowed. Whatever. I put the cock and caucasian when I'm shaking my bacon. All the shorties they come around. I'm a white boy beyond. How do y'all like me now? Yo. John. Okay, so let's have some ask a white person. Yes, yes. Why why don't we? Since we since the whole room is full of them. Um, <laughs> I wanted to ask this question because me and my husband have gone back and forth about this. And I know about a year ago this was semi-popular on the interwebs, but it recently came up in a conversation. Me and my husband are thinking about going to the Grand Canyon and we were gonna go pack and get all the things that we need in order to go. And so I had a conversation with him about him constantly throwing away his loofahs. Because I said every time we go take a trip, you always I'm sorry, see his the- what? The the little little puffy loofah things that that he buys. You're gonna and have I, to translate um, for the straight guy what a loofah is. Okay, I don't, so I don't think he knows. this adds more to my question. Um, the question that I have is what what is it that white why don't white people use washcloths? That's like a. I that seems in this to be I a very <laughs> interesting question. I wear use a washcloth, and so does your mother-in-law, Hildy. Okay, so, so a few of you do, but I just want to know that seems to be not a common occurrence. Well, what do you suppose? What do you? What else do you use? I don't. That's the question. Well, what can is, I ask you, John? Are you categorizing poofs in with loofahs, or are you? Yes. Okay. Now I'm completely confused. So Scott, a loofah in the classical sense is something that grows in the ocean. It's a sponge. And what they do is they pull it out of the ocean and it's usually like, kind of like that big around, I would say, I'm holding up my hands for the people that aren't with us in the Zoom. It's about probably- um, And and Jimmy has very large hands, just so you know. It's like probably an 11 or 12 inch circumference. And then in the middle, it kind of looks like a grapefruit. Yes. It's got sections that are hollow where you would find the pulp in the grapefruit. And they chop it up and you can use it to to wash yourself. It, gets it makes your skin soft. 
exfoliate. Yeah. Now but the poofs also, are different colors. Yeah, but a poof is just something you buy. Like I'm sure your stepdaughters have poofs in the shower, Scott. Yeah, yeah it's like netting, almost like shower. mesh, like a mesh ball with a little hanger, it's like <laughs> less, a lace front wig. Yes, it's like a net. But oh why? Why is it that certain? Why does it seem that washcloths are not popular? Well, what do they do? What do you? What do you mean? You just wipe yourself with? You wash yourself with the, just the bar of soap, or how I do you? How do you wash yourself? I don't know. I have. Uh, this is crazy. A poof, and I use either a delicious pomegranate. Oh my God. Um, bath wash from soft soap. I love it. It wakes me up. It's got a zest that is undeniable. Okay. I also enjoy the, um, what's the disgusting old man, Old Spice. I was going to say- You old use Old Theodore. Spice? I no. am logging out. Old Spice <laughs> has a scent called Swagger. And Swagger- yes. The Swagger is good. I use it. I use the swagger as well. The body wash. 40. And I will put that on my poof and I will put that over my body. Now, why do I use the poof, not a washcloth? Here's why. The washcloth is hard to get in my nooks and in my cran crans. I want to be able, I also like that the poof has a little abrasion to it. So I'm getting a little exfoliation. I get rough. Yep, I'm getting yeah. it all up like, in my crayon. Like lava soap. Do you guys remember yeah. lava soap? Mm-hmm. No. Do you remember that? No. I don't. I'm much younger than you are. So the point is, I enjoy it because I think it's less, it doesn't get wet and soggy and it takes so much more soap to build up to get me that lather that I like on the washcloth. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm done here. I just want to know, like, it just seems like <laughs> yeah, it's a Dr. common John, thing. Dr. John, I've never met your husband. Is he white? He is. Oh, okay. Yes. And he doesn't use a washcloth? He does not. He uses that little poof. Apparently, John okay. can't ask his own husband the white people questions. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> oh, I ask him all the time. I usually will ask him what questions to ask, and he'll go, I don't know. So the original thought, question I was going to ask is, why don't white people believe in seasoning? But Stephanie <laughs> and my brother, my husband are very good cooks, so I didn't think that that would be one that lands. Right. So. Well, I have a different reason for not using washcloths. Um, I don't have a place to store like wet washcloths and I don't want to have the extra laundry like that washcloths entail. So I just oh. use one of those like long brushes that have, mm. you know, because mm-hmm. then you can reach things and you get a little abrasion. And, I too have the brush. Yeah. Yes. See, yes. I use a washcloth, but I will use it uh, for months on end without okay. washing it. Oh. You know, two-day limit. <laughs> no. Yeah, that is you just, just use it. You wash it off. You squeeze it out. You no. hang it over the thing. You and- have to now, wash Scott, it. Scott, can I ask you a question that um, the gays know the answer to immediately? And yeah, some straight men will fail this question. Okay. Can you walk me through the process by which you clean your behole? Yeah, it's very simple. I, I, uh, I, uh, I don't know if I should. Do I say this? Do I, okay, go for it. I, 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 uh, I for this one of the first things that I do. I get when I get in the shower. I turn around and I uh, make sure there's no extra gunk in there, and then I, uh, I use the uh, washcloth and I get up in there and give it a good scrub. 
and the undercarriage. Back, so you reach around back. Yes. While the water's cascading over your buttock cheeks. Yes. Yes. Okay. So you clean your butt first with the washcloth, and then yeah. like clean your face. Yeah, but I okay. use the other side. Bitch, you know water and butt poop can go through that <laughs> washcloth. <laughs> I have a question here. Yeah. I have a comment in the question. First of all, as women, we are taught front to back. Front to back. Front to back, not back to everywhere else. Nasty. By the, and by the way. I oh, do front well, to back. Men do front to back as well. No, you're doing back to face. That's what we're talking That's about. Not front to back. No, I'm not. What are you talking about? I you use the other face. side of the washcloth. No, you do know. How big is your washcloth? Like six inches? Like, no. You just, no. You know, after you finish your your butthole you just give it a little wash no, under the shower no, add some more no, no, no. Uh -uh. no. and you use it for the months no use the same one for months <laughs> nope this is you. no ma'am no, i'm thing. gonna say this the Can gays are so careful scott that we don't even use a washcloth down there i use a finger technique there's a there you is a not yeah first of all i have a wand on my shower head there is a spray with water then there is a more forcible spray to get up in there then there Shut is a direct up. finger sweep then i am doing a sweep front to back then i am doing a forward back forward back forward back i'm giving oh it a knickknack paddy whack i'm giving that dog a bone and then i give it two more sweeps with my shower head and then like it is well listen you get a lot of you, shit because i am yours, always ready you get a lot more attention down there than than yeah, i would on a daily that. basis um, breaking news marcia can smell your poopy butt crack she cannot. Yes, she can. I can smell my dogs. My butt crack isn't poopy. I'm sorry. No, it's here, clean. No, it's here's my question spotless. for Anne. Here's my question for Anne. And if there's a way my for sister? Anne, yes, for her to unmute. There's no Anne is not allowed to answer no, no, any questions. No, no. I'm the producer. He's disgusting. <laughs> I'm the producer. I'm gonna ask Anne who, a question. You explain who Anne is. Anne is Scott's sister. Anne is my little sister. And I would like to know from Anne. If she was taught this same, for lack of a better way of saying it, crappy technique that you were, because this <laughs> is unique to you. Look, no, first off, nobody taught me those. how to shower. Okay, uh, the only the only instruction I got from my father about showering was, get in, soap up, wash off, get out. Water's expensive. <laughs> no, that's not the way. It you that that was my shower instruction as a my child. My uncle taught me the same way. My yeah. father my father ran away, and my my uncle came in the picture, and with him it was the same concept. Hurry up and get in the shower, and hurry yeah. up and get out. And it's like, well, how are you clean? That's not in a fact, shower. In fact, to this day, Marsha is like raccoon bath. You are the fastest shower on the planet. I'm in. I'm I'm in. I soap up. I wash off. I get out. That's it. You're putting I mean, your poop on your face, but <laughs> I'm not putting you're giving my poop yourself infotigo. That's what you're doing. Look how you're beautiful my skin is. There's not a blemish anywhere. A <laughs> and I don't use Botox, and I'm older oh than God. most of you. But your face stinks, Scott. <laughs> it does not stink. How do you know my I face don't, stinks? I don't kiss my dog when he eats poop, and I mean, like, you You just said you face. wipe your face with the poopy towel. <laughs> You said it came out of your mouth, Scott. It, it did not. Uh, it's it's rinsed off first. I mean, Jesus, what do you guys think poop you is? Said you said the clean. You, <laughs> Scott, you literally said you use a year-old towel, and that dog is the deal. 
it. Scott. You made my I sound face. like Jim right now, Scott. Listen, I've gotten a lot better, though. We used to never wash. I mean, it was, you know, we're guy. Guys well, never oh, wash their shit. From day to day, how do you know which side is the ass side? Exactly side my point, side? Christine. Exactly my point. That well, I've never thought about. Can I ask right <laughs> now, are we, <laughs> are we being mean to Scott right now or just telling Scott the truth? <laughs> I, I don't feel like I'm being, it's being mean. I think it's no. just, uh, you know. I'm he never puts the we all have on his face. I, I'm, I'm a very, I'm very clean. I'm a very clean person. I believe you're, you're clean, your but you still need to clean your face with a clean towel. Scott. Maybe I should get a sponge from the ocean. Okay. I have a final I have a final question on this topic, and it's for <laughs> Scott's sister Anne, who is a friend with benefits. Uh, why does my sister have to be on this episode, by the way? <laughs> and um go ahead. There thanks for unmuting. Now, Anne, at family gatherings, do people tend to go right in for a smooch with Scott, or is it more of an air kiss because there is an eau de poupe? Okay. Oh no, Annie, Annie, he's Annie, a by the way. favorite and gets lots of hugs and kisses. Yeah. <laughs> and now I feel sorry for all of my family. <laughs> by the way, there's not a whole lot of hugging and kissing going on no. in our family functions, Jim. No. Just so you no. know. <laughs> because, because we don't really talk to our family. So yeah, it's exactly. all good. <laughs> I'm a leap year. If you need a new godparent, Auntie Steph is available. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but, but I hope you enjoy the underbelly of dog fighting. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no? Scott and Scott. That is crazy. You guys, I tell you. All right. I'm going to buy you an ass loofah. <laughs> By the out. way, next yeah. week, you know, the windy conversation now extends to a product that helps straight men wipe their ass properly. You know, hey, Scott, do you ever use a wet wipe or do you use exclusively yes. dry? Yes. I use wet wipes uh, religiously after going to the bathroom. Only the wet? Like, I start no. dry. I Me too. Moist. Me too. All right. All right. Well, you're not a total savage. I'm the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, uh, you know, Wait, especially you ever since I had, you know, like I, we've had this discussion before. My, my intestinal tract does not work very well. Yeah. So I have, there's, there's a, a lot of cleaning to do after one uses yeah. the uh, lavatory. Scott, I'm not, Scott, I, Christine's going to get you the ass loofah. I'm going to get you the wand attachment. It will change your life. And also when you feel the water on your nuts, you're going to take longer than a three minute shower. Trust really? Me. Oh no. <laughs> because I've got very large nuts. So. Well, all right. Thanks for joining us. <laughs> <laughs> <Great>. <laughs> Okay, y'all. Let's go to my nickname in college was Bulldog, the Bulldog. I don't know if you knew that or not. I just he won't stop. I'm. I'm, We're moving on. Here we go. And now sports with Scott Sheldon. That's butch. But here's the big story this this week. The um, players have been showing up to the stadiums uh, dressed to the nines, uh, and no one no one really knows why. All of a sudden, that they've done this, but um, they're in like full suits, and like <clears throat> it's almost like 
the you know the Emmys are tonight, and everybody was wondering what they're wearing. Now the big thing is at the NFL stadiums is what are the players wearing? Like who are the players wearing this week into the stadium? Like the first one we have here is the Kansas City Chiefs are playing along the Chargers, and Juan Thornhill has a Louis Vuitton uh, diamond necklace with his initials on it and a matching belt. And uh, his his teammate has a uh, uh, Ralph Lauren flowered uh, suit on, black and white flowered suit. It's crazy. All of a sudden, they've become fashion icons like everybody else, you know? Like, who are you wearing? What are you wearing? There was this one player uh, from Baltimore Ravens. He had a Black Lives Matter sweatshirt on that he had, had specially made, which is really uh, an amazing sweatshirt. He had all of the black folks who have been killed he had their uh, portraits painted on this sweatshirt um which was pretty cool but he's also wearing you know you know all these guys three-piece suits this one is from uh he's he's got a uh gucci three-piece suit on these guys are just dressed to the nines all of a sudden Scott. and here's one liver here wait a minute one more and then there's a guy who plays for the houston texans and he's wearing white and it's after labor day well, so there you go there you go that's the big thing can you please say i'm gonna say the first name of a designer and i want you to say the last name ralph loren <laughs> is that and wrong the other one you said was um gucci i would say louis louis Vuitton. <laughs> no, I love that the straight guy did the fashion segment today. Um, Louis Vuitton and Ralph Lauren. Vuitton. Old Lauren. Vuitton. Ralph Lauren. It what is a Jewish American who wanted his company to sound as American as could be. Yeah, he was trying to get rid of all ethnicity back in the 60s. Really? I didn't yeah. know that. Established 67. So, okay. So his, his name isn't Ralph Lauren. It's Ralph Lauren. It's, no, you were saying Loren before. It's Ralph, Ralph Lauren. Lauren. Yeah. So, but what I do love about what you're saying is why are they dressing yes, up? Are they why? trying to pull press? Are they trying? Does anybody know anything about this? Stephanie, Stephanie, you're a semi-butch. What's happening? Well, I think it's something similar to the the NBA, it sounds like. The NBA does have a dress code when you show up. And also in thinking about that, you know, there was a period of time where sports figures were associated with hip hop, which then became success or failure, depending on how you look at that era. And it just sounds like they're taking the same sort of presence of interest in fashion designing. I think a lot of them also have their own lines and collaborations like mm. and are sponsored in by different um, athletic brands or fashion brands and model for them. Like I imagine Russell Wilson is just decked out. He's phenomenal. Yeah, he's very <coughs> there's a picture of Russell Wilson and actually there's a let me see, Golden Tate had a pair of cleats on today and one side had um uh Chadwick Bozeman. There were a pair of Nike cleats, and there was a portrait of Chadwick Boseman on it that said forever. And on the other side of it, it was a, a portrait of uh, Kobe Bryant. And well, they were, you know, you know, it was pretty cool. Culturally, but, too, a lot. Culturally, this happens in the music industry, sports. Certain brands are obtainable. 
And, you know, it's, it's a level of fashion that costs more than you would pay normally, right. but you're willing to pay for it because it's an obtainable luxury. But some brands are not obtainable. A right. lot of the influencers I work with, they will purposely do things that are so lavish. And that's just about getting the attention and capturing the esteem of your followers <clears throat> and the imagination of your followers. And, you know, little kids watch the players walk into the arenas dressed like that in those Kobe shoes. And that's all they want for the next year yeah. are those Kobe shoes, yeah. you know? So, Plus, um, I think the fact that the, there's nobody at the stadiums, so the, they're really focusing more on the players arriving because they've got no other shots to do on the TV show, you know, before the game. So they've shown, they're showing all these players showing up to the, to the stadium. Interesting. Yeah. So I think that might, that, you know, maybe their agents were like, look, if they're going to start doing that, we need to start promoting. Stuff. Can I ask you one question though? Fashion question. How do you, how do you pronounce this? G I V E N C H Y. Givenchy. Givenchy. It's not, it's not Givenchy. No, no. And I will also say. Athletes, I think, were the ones that started writing names on their shoes. Yes. Kobe and stuff. And that that is something that. And there's a lot of like, there's a lot of statements. There's a lot of Black Lives Matter t-shirts and a lot of, there's a Gucci t-shirt with the Wakanda mask on the front of it, you know, and it's, but I was just shocked because, you know, it's literally fashion is, has taken over everywhere. I mean, before, like a few years ago, a guy showed up at, to a football game in a pair of boots and a pair of jeans and a t-shirt, you know, that was it, but not anymore. Not anymore. Fashion is everywhere. Okay. I just sent you the name of three designers. Scott. I want you to say them aloud. <sighs> okay. Um, Christian Laboutin. Uh, <laughs> Carl Log, I know Carl Lagerfeld. I know him. Okay, I said that right. right? Not bad. He actually, Carl Lagerfeld and I share a birthday. He was born on September 10th, by the way, in case anybody wants to know that. And uh, Herms. 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 Let me tell you, I had a case yeah, of the Herms in college. <laughs> Antibiotics gonna, cleared it up. I'm gonna add one. I'm gonna add one more for you. See, see if I pronounce this one. <laughs> yeah. J.C. Penny, I yeah. got that, that piece of cake. Oh, well Tar -J. Wait, Tar -J. I got it. Here's here's one more. Um, okay. Pronounce this one. This is a very fancy designer. Pronounce that one. Lane Bryant. Okay. Well yes. done. Well done. <laughs> yes. Yes. All right. Well. Um, well, there you go. The fashion here. bug from Christine. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, if anybody has uh, knowledge, because you know, know our fans is. are probably ardent sports followers. Yes. So if any of our podcast listeners have knowledge about why the players have started dressing up, please DM Scott Sheldon at <laughs> Scotty Sheldon Realtor and Scotty Sheldon. No, Director. not the Realtor page. Let's leave the Realtor page alone. It's just Scott A. Sheldon. That's but fine. do not DM me because I don't give a shit about that shit. You know what I'm saying? I don't give a shit. But of course you do. If we were watching the Emmys right now, you'd be like, oh, what did you know? I've seen you on Facebook going, what is she wearing? Why is she wearing that? How is she wearing that? Why is it different that the NFL is like, uh, you know, there's a guy walking on and you're like, 
and you don't say anything. You would be the same way if you were watching them walk on. Not really, because I don't find men's suits that interesting, to be honest. Like, in general, men's fashion is boring. And number two, I don't really give a shit about why the sports guys are dressing up all of a sudden. Mm. Like, I don't really care about it. Because I'm kind of like, oh, because for me, it's all about flashing the money. It's all about that brand. Right. And I don't, right. give a, I don't care about it. I feel the same way about rap artists. Like, yeah. I don't care how much gold is in your mouth. I don't care how big the watch on your, you know, I just, yeah, I I'm not. Now, you, you perform at the Grammys and you throw it down and you, as they say, leave it on stage. I will be a fan for life. Like, I don't really like a lot of country music, but I recognize full out that there are people in country music, Casey Musgraves, who are legendarily talented, you know? Mm-hmm. So, but all that bravado, it's like, um, save that crap. Just, just show me what you can do, you know? Right. All right. That's how I feel about that. Now let's get into some good news. This is our weekly commitment to taking a moment to celebrate the good in life it's also our weekly commitment to making Jim talk a lot after he's talked for an hour and a half and his mouth <laughs> is dry. And so here we go. I have some uplifting news for you guys this week. Any electrician can flip a switch, but only John Kinney of Woburn, Massachusetts could make Gloria Scott light up. You see how I wrote that? It was funny. Yes, that was interesting. Last month, the 72-year-old Gloria called an electrician named John to fix a ceiling light. But John soon discovered that the broken light was the least of Gloria's problems. Too poor to make any house repairs and too prideful to ask for help, Gloria's house was in total disrepair. John discovered Gloria had no lights and no running water. John said, I think I saw her on a Friday and it stuck with me all weekend. And I said, I have to go back and help Gloria. John returned and started working for free. He also started a Facebook page titled, Nice Old Lady Needs Help where he called on other tradespeople to join him. The outpouring of love in Woburn, Massachusetts for Sweet Gloria was overwhelming. Several local contractors have chipped in services and they are now called Gloria's Gladiators. They've been at it about a month now, putting in all new electrical, all new plumbing, new windows, walls, new ceilings, almost everything is getting replaced from the backyard lawn to the front porch steps. In fact, the whole town of Woburn is pitching in. Even those who can't build are now showing up with shovels and rakes. They're sending gift baskets and they're plying the workers with food. Gloria said, look at all these people. I can't even comprehend the gratitude that I have for them. And John doesn't want to stop with Gloria's house. He would like to see chapters of Gloria's gladiators across the country helping senior citizens in similar circumstances. An army helping senior citizens like Gloria, who now have basic needs met thanks to an electrician hardwired for kindness. As I always say, you guys, use your superpowers for good, no matter what you do for a living, what your hobbies are, where you're from, Use your talents to make this world a better place. That is so important. And please remember, we want to hear from you. As always, please send us your good news stories. We want to celebrate with you. And I'd much be rather talking about your good things than people I don't know in Woburn, Massachusetts. Can I get an amen? Amen. 
Send the messages to me at Jim Lanahan and Friends podcast Instagram page, or you can always get a hold of me at jimlanahan.com. All right, you guys, let's wrap it up and let's get on with our weeks. So <laughs> you can find Christine Sinecore at what was so funny, Scott? Where are you laughing at? You're like, let's get on with our weeks. I've well, had enough of you Tomorrow's people. Monday. We have to start a week and I'm going to be up till three in the morning because I have so much to edit <laughs> now, you know. Um, Christine Sinecore can be found at C Sinecore on Twitter and on Facebook. Her Instagram is Christine Sinecore and her website is ChristineSinecore.com. The Reverend Dr. John Paul Higgins, as he has started calling himself on the Twitters, can be found at Dr. John Paul on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook, and his website is drjohnpaul.com. Scott Sheldon can be found at Scotty Sheldon on the Twitters and on Facebook. His Instagram is Scott A. Sheldon and Poopy Washcloth, the actor. <laughs> Scotty Sheldon, the actor. On oh, God. His website is scottysheldon.com. And Stephanie Laughing can be found at Chicky Laugh on Twitter and on Instagram. My name is Jim Lanahan. I am Jim Lanahan on Insta. I am Jim Lanahan on Facebook. And jimlanahan.com is my website. Now, remember, we're on the Cameo. If you want to come be with us and watch all this ridiculousness in person every Sunday night, you just go to Cameo. I send you a personalized message, and I send you a link to join us live. It's really fun. Trust me. There's a lot of stuff that happens that you will not hear on podcast. I mean, like, even more details about Scott's ass crack with the poop particles in it, the poopicles. And remember, you guys, we have a podcast group on the Facebook. It's called Jim Lanahan and Friends Podcast Group. If you put in that whole blurb, Jim Lanahan and Friends Podcast Group, into the search bar on Facebook, you can join the group. And I noticed this week people were chit-chatting about what's happening. I love the action. <laughs> I love when people get involved. All right, you guys. Thanks so much for joining us, as always. Have an amazing week. Thanks again to ParityBill.com, Craig Feldman, Brett Shuford, Stephen Hanna, and we will be back next week with the one and only Tom Lank. I love him. See you then. As you shoot across the sky. Oh my god how much poop talk scott literally is full of shit <laughs>